Well, hello, folks. This is uh, Sheriff Todd Baxter, Monroe County Sheriff. I'm joined by some friends to uh, basically have a community conversation. You know, we've had a rough week, uh, a rough couple weeks. We've had a rough history, you know, in, in American law enforcement and in segments of our community. And, and yesterday we got together. Yesterday uh, is kind of relevant to you because you don't know when this podcast is being recorded. But we got together with a bunch of friends, pastors at Helping Hands Church over at, uh, on Joseph Avenue and, and had a frank conversation and a deep conversation about what do we do with these times that are in front of us. Uh, and, and I thought that conversation was so important that maybe we can uh, record it and share it with the public that maybe give a little sense of hope that, that people are talking, a little sense of hope that maybe we can do something positive with all this negative that has occurred uh, and build off it. So I've invited some friends to the sheriff's office, and uh, if, if uh, I can either go around and introduce you gentlemen or we can uh, – uh, Pastor Don Stevens, Helping Hands Ministry, a good friend of mine. He's with me. Uh, how about just a little bit about you and your church, Pastor? Uh, yes, uh, Helping Hand is located at 703 Joseph Avenue, and certainly we have an outreach ministry, and uh, we certainly uh, want to serve our community, and that's why I'm here, because uh, it is needed at this time, for such a time as this, that we all come together at the table. Amen. And uh, Reverend Marlo Washington, uh, been a friend for a long, long time, and uh, maybe just a quick introduction to yourself. And sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, first of all, hello, and thank you for having me and all of us to come. Yeah. I'm Reverend Marla Washington, pastor of Seneca United Methodist Church in Arundacoit. And um, it's just a blessing and a pleasure to be with you and to sit with you to have these conversations. Thank you. Appreciate you coming. And uh, a good friend of mine for almost two decades now, uh, Deputy Chief of the Rochester Police Department, Mark Mira. Hello, Deputy Chief Mark Mira with the Rochester Police Department. I uh, run the Community Affairs Bureau, and I'm thrilled to be here. This is a conversation we need to have, and, and it's great to be amongst people that, uh, you know, there's love in this room, and, and we're looking to build on that. Amen. 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 And then we have a couple follow-up guests that will be joining us in a bit, and that's uh, a good friend of mine also, Dr. Torrance Jones, uh, and we'll introduce him a bit more. And then uh, we thought uh, yesterday we were talking, you know, it's a, it's a bunch of older gentlemen sitting around uh, <laughs> trying to come up with uh, strategies and plans of building relationships and, uh, and taking this forward out of all this. And then uh, we realized it's a bunch of older men sitting around the room uh, trying to predict what, what young people knew. So we uh, brought a young man from the Champion Academy, uh, Calvin Holloway, and we look forward to talking to him in a few minutes and just getting his perspective. And uh, this has no set plan. We don't even have talking points or objectives. We just had a great conversation that I thought uh, maybe we could share with people on this with this technology and uh you know pastor you, you pretty much called it together pastor don yesterday and uh you know what was the thought process as we got together in your church we're in the basement of the church having a great conversation yesterday uh feeling discouraged feeling angry feeling uh, frustrated uh for our people that we serve in our different communities or different ways and uh yeah one thing um sheriff the the change agent must be love we must look at each other as um our brothers and our sisters and uh color should not come into uh, play. Um, one thing about uh, as we think and we look at, you know, you can look at the outside of a house and you can see the outside of the house, but you don't know what the home is like until you open the door and walk right, in. Right. So again, um, the change has to come, it must come, and my prayer is that it will come, but it has to start with us. So again, that's our, uh, my uh, take on what's going on uh, from yesterday. Um, that's why we're sitting at this table right now and having this conversation. Yeah, and I think what I got is people want a sense of direction. You know, there's there's chaos in our life, there's chaos in our communities, and I'm not talking about the, the physical and, and other destruction of our community. That's that's the obvious. But uh, you know, people are hurting, people are angry, people are frustrated, and, and we've been talking about the same things for you know since I've been alive, mm -hmm. let alone since I've been a cop for 30 years. And I really think 
uh, during all this chaos that uh, hearts have been pierced in a different way uh, in the community and, and in law enforcement. And how do we positively, how do we, how do we use that to our advantage? Uh, how, do we, how do we use what's been given us, the junk we're living through? And, and uh, you know, we can, we can talk about why, you know, it was created in how many years and decades and, and practices and, and policies. Uh, but, man, if I can get anything out of this, you know, in six months from now, I want to see everybody have a pierced heart, right? Whether you're a law enforcement officer, you know what it feels like. You know, when my, when my brother, Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Torrance over here t gave a great uh, message yesterday. I, I watched it. And I, was, I was challenged by it, and I was, I was threatened by it, of course. You know, I'm, I'm a white cop, right? And uh, he talked about what is racism. Yep. I'm like, I don't even want to click on that, right? And right, right especially this day, and, <laughs> Right, right from the roof. Right. And, uh, and man, if I could just have everybody have their heart pierced with that message and just, just to walk in other people's shoes and understand uh, from different perspectives. And it goes, it goes both ways, right? And, and, and we're willing to have those conversations, I think. And, uh, you know, Reverend, anything from your point of view well, that the basement conversations we had yesterday? I think that's where transformation happens, either in the basement or in the kitchen. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and so we were in the basement of Pastor Stevens Church at Helping Hand to begin the conversation of how are we going to move forward. Um, the work that has been done previously between the community and the police department has now been set back for at least 10 years. Right. And we've now got to figure out how do we recapture this work, this effort, and move it back to where we need to be and even more. And so the, 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 the discussions have begun beyond the protests because we know protest is going to die. We know that that's just a point of awareness. But there has got to be something more systemic and sustaining mm -hmm. to, in order to create and recreate those changes that we need. So we have to recognize that, that, in my opinion, I think there is a need for continuous police reform. And, and how do we do that in terms, in, in, in light of creating relationships within the community? Because right now, no matter how good the, uh, that our friends in the police department are to us, they see that uniform and that's now the new enemy. Right, right. And so that's the problem, is yeah. how do we match the good officers that's behind those uniforms with the uniform that is supposed to be good and match the two together. Yeah, think about think about that. We're public servants, right? We got that, but uh, we're public safety, right? right? And, exactly. and and people in our community don't feel safe around us. Right. And and we can argue all day long whether it should be true or not. Statistically speaking, this you know, and stats show that. Uh, but if the fact if one person in the community does not trust a law enforcement officer when they walk up to their car at a traffic stop uh, and truly feel threatened. You know, not only don't distrust the uniform right. or, or policing in general, but feel threatened. It's, it's totally contrary to right, what but, we stand for. But, right? but I, I also think that because, right, I think because there is now a, a breach of social trust, question is now how do we repair it? How do we really right. repair that violation? Um, because there was good work here. There is. Amen. And we can testify to that. Agreed. And so, right. So, right. and you talked about it, Pastor Stevens, dealing yes. with, we come from the side of love. We love our police department. We have right. to. We need to work Thank with you. you. Because without you, we would be more unsafe. So the question is, how do we pierce, like you said, it, and, I, and I've been running with that, how do, you, how do we pierce the heart of over 2,000 men and women in blue about understanding people who are not like them, mm -hmm. understanding the community, understanding those who might live in Joseph Avenue or right. th those who live in Genesee Street, you know, versus those who live in Pittsburgh or Main Street. You know, how do we how do we create 
of judgment value where we're not judging people on the basis of their skin color or where they live, exactly. but just the basis of the fact that they're fellow human beings and everybody deserves the same respect. And, and Pastor Don, you've been doing this, you know, this build the, the build the bridge program, right? I mean, that, yeah. the mm-hmm. whole idea for years, you, you, the Reverend talked about it. You know, we've been we've been working. Mark Mira does it for a living, right? Chief Deputy Chief Mira and the Rochester Police Department created a whole bureau around this this whole concept of building those relationships and putting time and energy and and sweat equity. And, and we've taken a step back, a huge step back, as you said. But uh, the way I look at it is, build the bridge uh, now has a chance to build a little stronger foundation, right? The house has been burned down. Let's let's build it up stronger and better than it was before uh, and long term. And I know that's where you come in yep. with your strategy yep. mind. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't I can't say enough about that because as you mentioned we're, we're set back you said 10 years i think probably 20 or 30 maybe exactly. and and the relationships at this point are at a position where we need to build a solid base as the sheriff said a more solid base than we had before and we need to make those relationships happen from the grassroots we need to get out officers need to get out and meet with people in the community people in the community what, what I would like to see is the welcoming from both sides, the right. community and the officers, informing relationships, not just when we show up for a call or something along those lines, building those relationships, bridging the gap, building a bridge, all those things have to take place, and, and it's important that we do it now. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the, I think that's the idea, and then, you know, we have an opportunity in front of us, and I think I missed a, I missed a Titled your, your program you've been running yeah, for years. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, yes. Pastor. Not a problem. That's awesome. But, but certainly um, what we have to realize is that at the core of humanity, we are just that, humans. We're human beings. Right, right. We must never forget that. And, and, and when we look at each other, when I look at uh, the sheriff and I look at you all, I see a man. I see a man. And, you know, that's what matters most of all. And when we start looking at each other as human beings instead of as color, that's the beginning of, of, of building things. Now, when you think about a person that drinks, he doesn't become an alcoholic overnight. A person that does drug, he doesn't become it overnight. Uh, so some of the hatred that stemmed in us and other people as well, you know, it has to be dealt with at a core level, but if we open up that door and allow love to come in, we can love one another the way we should, as a man, as a woman, as my brother, as my sister. That's way, that way we won't have to worry about those things like what happened to Mr. Floyd. Um, that was just incredibly evil and dangerous, but the fact of the matter is, when we look at each other as less than one another, things like that will continue to happen, and, and, and we, have to, we have to stop that. We have to get it right at the, at the core. We have to be able to love. I love this man, this young man, because not just because I know him as a, uh, as a sheriff, but I have a personal relationship yep. with him. When we have personal relationship with, with one another, we can definitely care about one another. Yeah. So again, create you know, those environments, that's, right? Right. That's exactly and what if, we're saying. Right. Can, if I may. Yeah. Because I think, I think that's the issue. We understand that as part of this problem, some of this has got to be, like you said, short term and long term. We have to create a short term process, right. a short a short term strategy, and then a long term strategy. We have to do that, and we have to do that now. But in, in the midst of that, to go with Pastor Stephen, what he's sharing about the fact that, and what you said, Sheriff, you know, about piercing the heart of the officers. Mm-hmm. That, to me, rings such strength. Piercing the heart of the officers to help them to understand, you know, they might not, about, well, let me back up, about piercing the heart of the officers 
and what it means to really deal with them understanding me. Yes, sir. Understanding me and me understanding them. Amen. So this issue here is a is a diversity issue. It's it's an issue of inclusivity. It's an issue of equity. It's an issue where we have to now learn each other and relearn each other. Because that's part of part of piercing. Legislation can't do that. Amen. Legislation can't. Though it'll help, but right. it won't be yep. the answer. Right. So if we do not sit down and learn each other and relearn each other, we're only going to keep going back to what we're seeing today. And that's part of the problem. So if you learn me, you are not only learning my name, but you're learning what I like, what I don't like, what I do, what I don't do. And therefore, you are, lose, you are, de you are decreasing the amount of judgment that you have of me right. because you know me. And that's what we need the police officers to understand, that not every black person has a gun. Not, not, not every black person are bad. They're not, in fact, 1%, just, just 1% right. carries gun. But, but, but the, 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 the fear is, is that we think 99% has the guns. So therefore, this, this issue of feeling, you know, I got to be the authority because I think everybody has got a gun or everybody is doing something wrong is not the right perception because you don't know me. You mm -hmm. don't learn me. You're not learning who we are. And to sit down and break bread. Well, that was the moment yesterday in the in the basement, right? <laughs> that was, that was the moment exactly. when you said that phrase. We got to learn each other. I'm like, this is what we need to share with the public. We got to learn each other, right? And, and from a police perspective, we're going, we're sitting back with our preconceived notions or in our thoughts. And and as I walk up to the car of an African American person that I pulled over, they've already got preconceived notions yep. and preconceived exactly. thoughts. And, and and the more we can switch them shoes and go, well, I didn't see it from your point of view, right? Yeah. Although my training and procedures told me to do it yep. this way, you're seeing it like, whoa, you know, why why is your hand so close to your gun, you know? And we're doing our officer safety things, approaching the car with angles, got our spotlight shining on, and my hand's not on my gun. My hand's just close to my gun. Well, you're seeing, man, right. I wonder if I'm going to go home tonight. And, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong, and 90% of my cop friends are listening to this are going to scream at me right now, but if that is your perspective, at least I should be aware of that, right? right. At least I should say, wow, I wonder why, why Dr. Well, Dr. Torrance feels that way. He's a, he's a smart, intelligent, awesome person, but if he's getting pulled over tonight by me, and before we, we encounter each other and say hello, is he really got fear? And if he does, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, why well, wouldn't it be good to know and pierce the heart of uh, maybe I can bring this down a little bit or right. whatever that looks like, right? But I don't think uh, until we have those conversations and actually put ourselves in positions with strategy to force us to be in those positions to get to, to learn each other. And, <laughs> and that goes right back and, to that first point. We have to form those relationships right. to get to know each other. Yeah, that's all. Right. And that's one of the things that uh, – my dear pastor, um, you alluded to, you said breaking of bread, and that's what bridging the gap is. I mean, when you break bread with someone, that's when you sit down with them and you become one with them, and you can certainly have that type of relationship. When, and that's what bridging the gap does. We, we, we lower our guards, we come together, right. community, clergy, and, and, and uh, certainly the, the, uh, the church, community, clergy, and, and um, what am I missing? You're missing the food. We break okay, a lot of bread, yeah, too. The food, yeah, don't forget <laughs> about the food. Yeah, the food is incredible. And certainly, we all come together as one, and all the fences come down, and we can certainly uh, have a good time with one another, you know, yeah. learn one another. That's all. And that's what we're talking Nothing about. Nothing beats breaking bread. And I know it sounds almost trivial from what occurred, right, yes. in Minneapolis, uh, and, and what occurred before that, and, and systemic issues that we have. And we're not trying to, I'm not trying to belittle this whole thing down to that, but you started out, Reverend uh, Pastor, with a you know, it's, it's, it's love. 
you know, and it's got to be love. And when I love, I love Kelvin that just sat down across from me. I don't even know him. I just met him a few minutes ago. We might have played some game the other day with eggs or something. That, <laughs> but I kind of forget. But the idea is, uh, can I love you as a person? And uh, and Mark Mirov, just as, before I introduce Kelvin and get him warmed up here, talk a little about that. What what you and the chief and everybody formed over at the RPD. You're, you know, what's it been a couple of years now with the whole bureau, right? The whole uh, section. Right. Well, that's uh, that's as you mentioned previously. That's that's what I do. Community Affairs Bureau. It's you know that's crucial. It's important. I think all police agencies should be should be doing something similar, and it it brings our community police officers out into the communities, uh, doing things with children, with with elderly folks, just everything that you could think of to intermingle and to get to form those relationships between the police department and community members and the school resource officers that we've had doing that for years and years and years. It's all part of that process of building those relationships and and. Uh, Quite honestly, I thought we were making great leaps and strides in that in that area. And as mentioned again previously, you know we've been set back, but that just gives us an opportunity now where we can build a stronger foundation right. and move forward and, and build a better relationship than we already had. So with that school resource officer program, we got we we said we want to have some young people in these conversations, right? So Kelvin, uh, we, Mr. Holloway, we appreciate you joining us. If I knew you went to Franklin, I wouldn't have invited you to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, I went to Jefferson High School, so we got to keep the territory here. But uh, how about just a couple seconds to introduce yourself? You know, where where are you from? Where do you live? Where do you um, what do you do over at the? So my name is Kelvin Holloway. Um, I live in the northwest area around like J Street, okay. um, West Broad. Um, I go to Franklin High School. I'm a junior. I will be a senior next year. Um, and then after, you know, want to go to college for um, sports management. Oh, I'm sorry. I was filling in the blank for you. <laughs> and then uh, hopefully get into a professional sports team and then just go from there. That's awesome. Familiar with Saxon Street? Um, Jay and Broad? Yeah. yeah, that's where yeah. my wife grew up. She grew up right there, 17 school. Yeah. So. And uh, I mentioned him a few times, Dr. Torrance Jones. I didn't know you had two championship rings. Where's your big rings? I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I didn't wear it today. Alfred, huh? I, didn't, <laughs> oh, I yeah. thought I knew. See, this is what we're talking about. Getting to know, I know this guy, and I didn't know he had two championships, so I read some bio on him. Oh, uh, yeah, some of my best years in God college. Bless. Down at Alfred, huh? <laughs> yeah. Allegheny County. Oh, yeah. Oh. So how about just a little bit about you and, and what you do? Yeah, so uh, thank you. I, I have the, the blessed opportunity to serve um, as a chaplain here at the Monroe County Jail through Good News Jail and Prison Ministry. Um, and I just, I second everything that has been said so far um, when it comes to relationship building. Um, this is definitely a time more than ever to build relationships. Um, and when it comes to inmates, when it comes to officers, and when it comes to the community, um, there have been instances, as we can see right now, where relationships have been broken. Um, we're dealing with a situation, even in society right now, where we see we need to truly foster an environment of trust. Um, that's what needs to happen, and um, that's why I'm here. I'm just honored to be here. Yeah, and we're honored to have you in the jail, and uh, uh, you know, have you uh, have you give your perspective? And I, I said earlier the, the Facebook uh, video you did the other day and, and posted. I think I was the third view or something like oh, that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I hope I was. Yeah, you yeah, uh, one of the first. And ones, I, yeah. honestly, you know, there's the here's the conversation we had. It says, "What is racism?" Right? <laughs> it was that yeah, simple. Yeah. And I go, "I don't want to click on this. I don't want to <laughs> click on this. I don't want to click." And that's what yeah. we got to break down, right? Yeah. Like, I, I just call you and say, "Let's have a cup of coffee." And yeah. Tell me about you. Tell me why you. You know, what what makes you tick? What makes you fearful? Yeah. Right? Well, what? when people hear the term racism, we we automatically approach it with an X sign. 
right. um, yeah. you know, because we're, we're scared of it. And right. it, it's a term that we need to, um, to hit dead on. Um, and it, it really, it consists of something that's very important is implicit biases um, when it comes to everybody. We all have implicit biases. We all have, um, you know, our opinions, our preferences. It's uncontrollable. Um, and what happens in, in going to that term racism, when you have um, implicit biases that's, um, that's backed by um, institutional power or, um, or, or legal authority, the collection of the implicit biases, including discrimination, it evolves into structures of oppression. And, and that's an aspect that is not really talked about within racism, but it's, it's uh, critical to understand how racism works. And, and racism is a system. It's not, um, it's not saying that you have a person who is intentionally evil against another race, but racism itself is a system. It's not limited to or watered down to the understanding of, I don't like you because of your race. And that's something that um, should be, I, I guess, reformed in, in our understanding of racism. Yeah, that's so, rather simplistic, right? Yeah, and yeah, easy right. to deal with. It, it is. It, I think it you is. said that. Uh, it's easy to deal with, that right. part. Right. And, and, and when we understand that, then we can sort of understand you know, how systemic um, oppression works and sort of how to dismantle that from the inside out. That, that's, that's where it begins. And a lot of that also has to do with um, leadership. Where, when we look at senior leadership teams, how many members of leadership reflect the community? Mm -hmm. that, that's something that's critical. How many um, females, minorities do we have at the decision-making table? Um, things like that. Not to say that we want to look good on paper, but it's really right, diversifying our implicit processes, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that that's where, you know, that's an aspect of, of where it begins. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, Do I owe you for that? That was No, <laughs> no, that, 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 that was for free. That, that, that was that, good. That was for free. Hey, You're beautiful Calvin, man. I have a question for you. What, what's on your mind? What, uh, what would you like to talk about? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know where to start, but like, I feel like, uh, like the relationship between law enforcement and minority people is like like that like it's just is so negative um and i feel like it shouldn't be that way um like for a prime example like every day that i leave the house i should not have like a fear of okay this might be my last day like anything happen i could get falsely accused of something i could look like a certain suspect um and also, like, looking into getting a license and stuff, like, if I get pulled over, like, I, you know, seeing all of the previous videos of law enforcement with the interaction with minority people, they don't always make it out. So, like, it's like every time I leave the house, it's like I know that I have a target on my back. So I got to, you know, be aware. Um, and I just feel like it shouldn't be that way. I feel like the relationship between law enforcement and minority needs to <clears throat> get stronger. Um, I feel like with peacefully protesting, we should have that right with the First Amendment of freedom of speech. Um, I feel like it shouldn't get violent from law enforcement. You know, like if we are protesting, you shouldn't just go straight to the pepper balls, the the rubber bullets. Like it, it should be a certain point to where you understand the message that we are trying to get across. 
Um, and I just like I don't I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. Are you kidding me? That's a, yeah. That's I mean, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear what you're thinking, what you feel. You know, uh, how old are you? Uh, 16. And you're taking the police exam when? Monroe County Sheriff's <laughs> exam. I'm sorry, let me clarify that. <laughs> no, I think you were right the first time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and this is what we need to, you know, the Champion Academy does a fantastic job. I'll give them a plug, right? Uh, you know, of mentoring young people uh, and their success rates are totally incredible, by the way. Uh, but the fact is, creating the environment, too. We've had many of our police officers and sheriff's deputies go out and volunteer at the Champion Academy so we can break bread together or play some silly game together or do a push-up competition together. Uh, you know, eating together, sweating together, uh, crying together, like you see a lot of cops right now crying with the community and, and holding arms and kneeling with each other and, and going. And, and here's, uh, you know, I want to I get some positive out of this, right? And, and one of the positives, every chief of police in Monroe County got together last Friday on a Zoom meeting and said, we just don't feel comfortable. We, we, we are in a bad spot. We, and it's not because we were pushed in a corner. No one's yelling at us. It was like our hearts are breaking. They, you know, our hearts, and we had to get a message out there. We're, so it's Friday night, Zoom meeting. Every chief and, and, and chief Singletary is there, everybody, and saying, we need to put a message out to the community that we do not condone right, what occurred there, and we want relationships. We don't want to be looked at as evil and scary to people. We, 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 we love public service and we love public safety. That's our whole job description. And God forbid people think the opposite. We got to do something, come together with the Kelvins of the world, right, and, and let's go throw some basketballs around, whatever that looks like. Let's yeah. go cook a meal. Let's, let's, let's do something. And that's where I got together with the pastors yesterday in the basement of the church and said, uh, you know, we, we had that conversation, what's the short term, long term, but how do we take advantage of the time we have this time we're in with all that anger that angst and the and yet alone the desire of people to change including law enforcement including the community i think uh they don't want the rioting they don't want the looting right but that's not who the black lives matter march was right and and we were very clear with that part too that you know someone hijacked that that thing and and turned it upside down and that wasn't the message people were trying to get out i can guarantee you, right. i seen people sneak into bushes at the civic center plaza and throw firecrackers on top of the crowd if those were the same people from that group they wouldn't have thrown firecrackers on their own people they were trying to incite that crowd so we could t but when we have the ability to sit down and have these open frank conversations and build a little trust and like oh i didn't know that part about the firecrackers and you know and well, what are you thinking and I, I am I am impressed by you, young man. I'm impressed that uh, that you want to be American Sheriff's Deputy. I'm impressed. That <laughs> <laughs> they say if you save it seven times, it'll come true. So, <laughs> Doctor, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, no. Well, he, he said something that's that's critically important. I, I think this is uh, this is a good conversation to have it, um, but it has been embedded within um, black and brown people. This this thing. When I get pulled over, I'm not safe. And that's truly, we need to, to alter that and change that. Um, and, and I commend, have had great relationships with multiple officers, and many of them do phenomenal and heroic work, right. heroic work. Thank but you. there's a thing where uh, when people who look like me get pulled over, they're not looking at the badge as a symbol of a hero, but they, they feel it's a symbol of a villain. And that, that's something that, that really needs to change. And the question is, well, how do we now foster a relationship of trust? Um, how do we um, build trust back up? And this is not to paint over um, everyone's experience, but it is a real experience or else we wouldn't be here today. It is a true experience. Um, so now how do we turn um, this, this, this symbol, this heroic symbol, 
um, into a, a, a symbol where it's not a villain, but we can look at, uh, walk together as well. Yeah, the police force, law enforcement, they are heroes. Yes, the community, black and brown people, minorities, um, n we are not all bad. How do we how do we have this communication and be able to um, to put that straight forward? I can tell you that that from my personal personal perspective as a law enforcement officer, the fact that anybody in the community has fear when I pull them over, not that I do that anymore, <laughs> but at a time when I would pull cars over that anybody would have fear, that you would have fear, Calvin, horrifies me. It really does. That's not why I took the job. That's not why I took the oath. I took the oath to help people. And, you know, with the events that have happened recently and, and across decades, you can't build that trust overnight. It has to start at the bottom, and it's going to take time, and it's going to take effort, and it takes relationships. Yeah. Whether it's community outreaches, whether it's sitting down and breaking bread, we have to build those relationships, and it takes time. You don't get to know somebody over the course of one or two weeks. This is years in the making, and we, and we have to make that effort and take that time and make that change. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. Listen, it's got to be, a, a, and that's why uh, Marlo's coming back in on the air here, because uh, he's the strategist. He's the, he's the strategy guy. Uh, I'm a visionary. I'm like, let's go over to do 15 things at one time, and uh, let's see what works. Uh, yeah, well, we need strategy in this. We need short-term, long-term goals. We need objectives. We need to see what it looks like in, in six months, 12 months, 18 months. Uh, and, and one of my goals is pure starts. You know, I, in six months, yeah. I want to have some pure starts, yeah. uh, whatever that looks like in both directions. And, and I think I could do that with my sphere of influence, but we're going to need a whole lot more beyond that. So that's not even the end product. Uh, so uh, we, got, we got about three minutes left, folks. How about any like, last-minute thoughts on anything we said? And we, what we want people to understand and know that there is going to be a strategy. There's going to be a short-term strategy, a mid-term strategy, a long-term strategy. We're working on it now. We're sitting down with the law enforcement family of the county to begin that work. We know that the protests are happening, and, and rightfully so, but we also know that we have to go beyond that, and we have to recreate a new way of life, a new way of living yes. with the law enforcement family. So I, I just want folks to understand that there is a vision and with that vision comes a short-term strategy, mid-term strategy, and a long-term strategy that we are working with and working with our elected leaders because we know that through piercing hearts, we also know that there's going to have to be some other systemic changes and some other systemic uh, maneuvering we're going to need to do mm -hmm. in order to create a, a, a just society, a just department with a just community. Yeah, and, yeah. Not, and not only strategy, just to, to add on to, uh, what Dr. Marlowe mentioned, but measurable outcomes. Um, there's something that's critically important, right, right. something that's that's measurable, moving um, beyond statements of intent and now having measurable outcomes. Yeah, and holding each other accountable. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it, and it has to be long-term, as, right. as we've all mentioned. It, this can't be something that when the conversation goes away and the protests stop, this has to continue on. And that's it. We're not going to change the world, right? Nope. And, and these have been... Uh, these have been problems and issues since man walked the earth, uh, some of these issues. But we have a sphere of influence, right? We have, a, we have a, something we can control, yep. and we have something that we could develop uh, to hold ourselves accountable and measurable. And maybe we just change the degree of the battleship a couple degrees, right? We, maybe we don't turn the whole thing around in, in our, even our lifetimes. Who knows? Uh, but 
I think the reason I wanted to have this podcast and just get this message out uh, is we didn't have the strategy. We didn't have all the answers yesterday in the church, but I felt better leaving there than I felt since Saturday afternoon uh, before I came to work. I, I felt there was hope. I felt there was a, a sense of we can work together, right. even though the divide is deep right now we can work together and we got people that are wholly engaged and i think the most important overlapping over over uh watching thing of this whole thing is the word love and, and pastor don you keep on using that word you know if we stick with that you know if we love each other if yep. we, live, yes, if we sure. love mr holloway and he ends up loving me right. uh, we got a good thing yep. going right you know and whatever that looks like so in our sphere of influence so pastor don you, you i think you started the whole thing yesterday so why don't you finish up and we'll uh We'll call it a day. Well, certainly. I feel like this gentleman, if we have accountability on every level, we will get where we need to get. Mm -hmm. But it has to be constant. It has to be ongoing, like I said, constant, ongoing. And it has to be where we really want to accomplish something. And at the core of all of us, we we must remember we're one people. We're one race. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. One people, one race. And I won't quote any Bible scriptures because, <laughs> but uh, you already know and you already know. But uh, certainly um, it's, it's, it's headed that way. Uh, we, we must want change in order to have effective change. We must want it. So I, I thank you all for allowing us to come and, uh, again, um, reaching out. Um, and that's how we start, reaching out. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you joining us. Appreciate God bless to everybody. be here. Yes, this is sir. wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you.